Well, good morning. Um, thank you so much, worship team, for um, leading us in awesome worship today. If you uh, came in late and you didn't catch, um, uh, our worship leaders today are actually my younger brother, Lucas, and his wife, Anna, and we are so grateful that you could fill in today. Um, <clears throat> I'm talking a little bit about wilderness today, and I pray for Kayla. She is in the wilderness on a Mexican cruise with her family. <laughs> no, we're so glad that she gets this time with um, Andrew's side of the family and her parents are along as well. Um, and, uh, and we also pray for Pastor X, who is with a leadership cohort that he's a part of. He's in Boston this morning, and so we are glad uh, that he can be there. And I have to say I'm honored, I'm so honored and privileged uh, to fill um, his pulpit uh, here at Naper Cove. And uh, I just, even though he's not here, I think he might listen to this recording. And uh, I just want to say um, what a blessing he's been to our congregation. Um, and I know that you all would agree with me that it's been a joy to be on this journey with him. I think I'm a little too close here. <laughs> Move that out. Um, and uh, I just want to say that it's been such a blessing to welcome Pastor X and Brandy and Sarabi and Ryan, um, three incredible women who um, make him an even better man and a better pastor. And we are so grateful um, together to be on this journey. I also want to bring you greetings from my dad um, and my mom, uh, Scott and Megan Gillen. My dad actually just returned um, from a trip to the Democratic Republic of Congo. I got to see a bunch of his pictures the other day. Hopefully, maybe next week, we'll have uh, just a few to share you because he wanted you to know um, uh, how grateful he was for the gifts that many of you sent uh, to the the kids that you sponsor in Congo and um, that they were carefully cataloged and uh, recorded and um, will be distributed to the kids that you support. Um, it was very, very special. He actually got to meet the child that we have sponsored for the last several years and got to see a picture of him smiling next to my dad, which was so, so cool. Um, and he was uh, very encouraged. Uh, life in Congo is very hard, but he was very encouraged by the work that is happening in, um, with this partnership of World Vision and uh, Covenant, the Covenant Church in that place. So, with all the introduction being said, uh, let's uh, go to prayer, go to God in prayer together as we jump into his word. God, our Heavenly Father, uh, the one who guides us and leads us, we thank you that you have brought us to this place today. And so we give you this time. We trust you um, to lead and guide us now. Uh, We just heard in your word that uh, we do not live uh, by bread alone, by food, by material things, but we live by the word that comes from your mouth. And so we thank you for the word that you have given us and the word that is alive and active among us as well through the work of your spirit. So God, I pray that you would do something now, that you would speak through me or perhaps even in spite of me, God, um, that, uh, that you would draw us closer to yourself as we reflect on your word and your truth together. In Jesus' name, amen. So in the scripture that I chose to preach um, on today, in Deuteronomy 8, God's people are encouraged to remember, to remember the Lord, to remember the wilderness, to remember how God has led them. Uh, Now, I believe this is a word to us, but the first hearers, of course, were the Israelites. 
the descendants, this, this, this huge uh, extended family of God, uh, the descendants of Abraham and Sarah, Isaac and Rebecca, Jacob and Rachel, uh, and so on and so forth. Um, they were this group of people that had grown quite large, and they had been on a journey, on a journey with God. They had been redeemed from the slavery of Egypt and given the promise of a good land. And in between that salvation from the slavery and hardship of life in Egypt. Okay. <laughs> a little drama there. Uh, oh, I think we're a little better. In between the, 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 the slavery and hardship of Egypt and that promised land, uh, they took a long walk in the woods. Right? They took a long walk through the wilderness. And at this moment in Deuteronomy, um, God's people are standing on the precipice of that land of promise. This land that has been promised to their family, their ancestors for generations. They are standing at the edge of that land of promise from God. And Moses has a whole book that's basically one long sermon, uh, a big pep talk, um, to prepare them to enter into this land. And time and time again, Moses tells them to remember. Remember where you've come from. Remember what you've been through and take that memory with you as you enter into this promise. Remember the wilderness. Now I know that some of you uh, might be like me and a long walk in the woods actually sounds pretty nice. Would anyone go for a walk in the woods with me this afternoon if you could? Um, I actually think that God wired us for wilderness. God created us in in some way that we always need to be connected to the experience of wilderness. And we need to remember uh, the wild places in our world and in our lives because the wilderness is a place where we meet God. The wilderness is a place where we realize how small we are and how big God is. The wilderness is a place where we are confronted with how little control we have and how much we need to rely on God to provide. So I'd like to tell you a few wilderness stories today. Um, Before Greg and I had kids, um, which is another wilderness story, um, we took a few pretty epic backpacking trips. That was something that we really enjoyed. Um, We trekked across Cumberland Island off the coast of Georgia We explored the Porcupine Mountains in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. We hiked the Wind River Range in Wyoming. But perhaps the craziest trip of them all was an adventure that we took through the Uncompahgre Wilderness in Colorado. And I've got a picture. I did not take this picture. I assume like a drone did or something. But um, but that's what what it looks like. That was the scenery that that we were in for five days. The elevation uh, in Uncompahgre Wilderness goes from about 8,000 feet at the lowest to over 14,000 feet. And as a wilderness area, that means that it is protected uh, by the the U.S. government, and you're not allowed to take any motorized vehicles into this place. So the only way to um, explore this wilderness area is on foot. And so one sunny morning on the, in, in August of 2011, Greg's dad dropped the two of us off at the trailhead. And I think we have a picture of those cute young people eight years ago. <laughs> he dropped us off at the trailhead and we said, see you in five days. And we set off. We had all our food and all our gear in those packs on our backs. 
Um, we took our cell phones, we turned them off, we put them in Ziploc bags and stuck them at the bottom of our pack. I think we maybe got them out like once just to see if they worked, and they didn't. <laughs> um, and we began to hike. Now, as much as I'm sure you'd all love to hear all about our five days in the wilderness of Colorado, this is not going to be a slideshow sermon with pictures from every moment. What I really want to tell you about is something that happened right at the beginning of the trip. Shortly after we had said goodbye to my father-in-law and started down the trail, um, Greg uh, said, why don't we start with prayer? Hey, I wasn't a pastor yet, but I had been to seminary, and you know we knew that probably prayer would be a good thing. <laughs> And uh, Greg had actually been using this prayer book for a few months um, at that time. I don't know if any of you have ever seen this Celtic Daily daily Prayer. It comes out of a community in Ireland. And um, he said, why don't I recite the morning prayer that I've been learning and and memorizing from Celtic Daily Prayer? And so it was a very lovely start to our adventure as he um, was praying. And then he got to the last part, the blessing. The morning prayer in Celtic Daily Prayer ends with this blessing. And I want to share it with you today. It says, May the peace of the Lord Christ go with you, wherever he may lead you. May he guide you through the wilderness, protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. I feel like the tears at the back of my face um, almost every time I say that because it's a blessing that has come to mean so much to me. As I walked through the actual wilderness, and through I've walked as I've walked through other times of wilderness as well. When Greg spoke those words, it was actually the first time I had heard them, and we both just kind of stopped and marveled, like, "Wow, how perfect is this blessing for our adventure in the Uncompagre wilderness?" We knew that we would need God to lead us through. We knew that we'd need protection during storms because one of the things that we knew we had to be prepared for is that time of year in Colorado, it's almost guaranteed that there will be a thunderstorm every afternoon. And there was a thunderstorm every afternoon. One of them did not end until after dinner time. But we we knew we would need protection during storms. Uh, And we trusted that we would have reason to rejoice, that we would make it back home, (laughs) and we'd have um, wonders to talk about. And so we committed to speaking that blessing each day on that trip, and we believed that the peace of Christ was with us, that God was leading us through that wilderness, protecting us and bringing us home with joy. And we met God in that wilderness. Now, there have been many times since then uh, where I have felt overwhelmed by life, whether it was work or parenting or health, and I've gone in my mind to that, that place, that trip, usually really to one of the most vulnerable times where it felt, I felt so small and so overwhelmed by the path ahead. I go in my mind to that place and I think, and I remember how God led us and how God cared for us and how God was big in that moment for me. And when I remember that, um, it gives me a little bit of courage for whatever I'm facing I remember how that blessing was realized for us, that the peace of Christ was real for us in the wilderness, and it can be real in any other kind of wilderness. The peace of Christ can be real for us no matter where we are. Because let's be honest, most of life is not a walk through the woods. Am I right? (laughs) 
Yeah, a trip to the wilderness of Colorado, I mean, as challenging as that may be, that's a wilderness that Greg and I chose to enter and thankfully also walked out of. So I want to zoom out a little bit from the, the experience of wilderness as an adventure in the great outdoors and zoom out and consider wilderness as a place or a time or a season where we need the leading of God to get us through. Can you guys go there with me? Yeah, some of you are like, I was a little worried you are going to tell us we all had to go hike for five days to meet God. <laughs> now we're going to zoom out and look at wilderness as an experience, a place where we meet God in our regular daily life. Now I hesitate to speak of wilderness as a metaphor um, because the people of, for the people of God, there is always that very real wilderness experience, that real memory of the real time where they wandered in the desert for 40 years. And there's many other wilderness stories in Scripture, and I don't have time to go into all of them as much as I'd love to. That memory was very real of the time in between uh, freedom from Egypt and the land of promise. Wilderness is a place, a time, a season where we meet God because we are vulnerable and we are dependent on him alone. I imagine that some of you are in the wilderness today. Some of you might be sitting next to somebody who's in a wilderness place today. You might not be able to tell it from the outside, but some of you are going through a time which, for whatever reason, you feel a little lost in the woods Vulnerable, open to attack, weak, small, out of control. But I want to tell you, friends, that God can work wonders in that place. So let's look at the wilderness experience as described in Deuteronomy 8. Moses says to the people of Israel in verse 2, and I'm using the New Living Translation. I think I've got most of it up on the screen. Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove your character. The NIV says to to test you in order to know what was in your heart and to find out whether or not you would obey his commands. The wilderness was and is a place where God leads his people or perhaps a place where God allows his people to go so that they can learn to trust in him. Remember, when Israel was in the wilderness, they had already received their salvation. They had already been freed from slavery. They had already walked across the Red Sea on dry land. They had celebrated God as their strength and their song and and given him praise as the one who gives victory. They had begun this journey with God, with freedom and salvation. But they still had to learn how to walk it out. In a sermon I listened to, Tim Keller says that God took them out of slavery, but the slavery hadn't been taken out of them. I think of Philippians 2.12, one of those verses that kind of makes us scratch our head because it used that that word work, um, where Paul tells the church to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you for his good purpose. I think of the wilderness as a place where God's people work out their salvation. We don't earn it. but we walk it out. 
There is that grace through faith where we, we start this relationship with God. We are called on a journey with Jesus. And then there's that faithful, ongoing walk of daily grace where God provides for us and draws us closer to him, where we learn what it really means to walk in freedom with him, depending on him. The wilderness was and is a place of becoming, In verse 3, Moses says, Yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna, a food previously unknown to your ancestors. God let you go through this. And and later in the chapter, uh, Moses repeats almost the same thing, talking about the manna and, and reminding them that they were thirsty and that God provided water from the rock. And God did this to teach them so that they would grow in their character and become humble and and know that it is God who provides what we need. He did this to teach people that they do not live by bread alone, rather by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so it is for us. When we go through hardships, challenges, times of uncertainty, we are given a unique opportunity to grow in our character and in our relationship with God. Steve Weens, who's a covenant pastor and author of a book called Whole, uh, writes this about the wilderness. He says, in the wilderness, I think I've got this quote, if you want to throw it up there. In the wilderness, you're given the opportunity to be sustained by the God who will go all the way with you, no matter how hungry you get. No matter how weak, how frail, or how lost, it's the place where you learn that you're not all that impressive and you don't need to be. It's the place where you learn the ordinary you is enough. The wilderness offers you a chance to be restored by God if you will stay there long enough. For those of us who've said yes to Jesus and who've started that journey with him, none of us uh, ever uh, were promised that it would be an easy road, were we? And if you were, someone lied to you, right? In fact, if we look at the life of Jesus, we see that following him will absolutely include wilderness and suffering. If we think of being a a follower of Jesus, meaning following where Jesus has led, his ministry started with the wilderness. Right after Jesus had that beautiful baptism moment where um, the the Holy Spirit descended like a dove and the the voice of God boomed out his, his love and acceptance and an approval of Jesus. Right after that, Jesus was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. And for 40 days, he hungered and thirsted, thir- thirsted <laughs> in that place. His ministry began with wilderness, and of course it ended with the incredibly painful, vulnerable wilderness of the cross, exposed before mockers and scoffers. He gave up his life. And that's why New Testament writers like Paul can can talk about the suffering of Jesus and celebrate and boast in it, uh, boast in his own suffering, because it, it connects him to Jesus. That when we are weak, we can see that God is strong. And so, friends, if you're in a wilderness season right now, I want to encourage you to look for how God is shaping you in this time. Who are you becoming as you walk with God through this challenge? 
I want to encourage you to see a path that is actually drawing you closer to Jesus, the one who came to serve and to suffer on our behalf. Or if you're not in a wilderness season right now, you probably have been at some point in time. And Moses says, remember. Remember how the Lord led you. And so I want you to reflect on whatever wilderness you've been through and how has God shaped you and formed virtue and character in you through what you've been through. Now the world holds up virtues like wealth and outer beauty and self-sufficiency and success. But we know that the virtues that God wants to create in us are very different. And they are the virtues that are forged in the wilderness. The fruit of the Spirit offers a good list. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You can't make it far in the wilderness without those virtues. And they are character traits that help make the world a better place. The wilderness is a place where we can become where we can become people who not only rely on the goodness of God and look to him as our provider, but who also uh, become people who reflect that goodness as well. So let me tell you another wilderness story. Just a few months after that trip that Greg and I took um, in the wilderness of Colorado, we started a completely different adventure. We moved from the city of Chicago to a small town in northeast Nebraska. And I had taken a call to serve as the pastor at the Covenant Church in this little town called Wakefield. And of course, Wakefield is not really a wilderness. In fact, um, most of the land there was farmland, a very cultivated, civilized place. Um, And the church was full of many good, kind, loving people. Um, There was a lot about that experience that made me feel vulnerable and made me realize I had to depend fully on God. I was 28 years old. You saw my picture there a minute ago. (laughs) I was fresh out of seminary, and I was the first woman to lead there as pastor. I was also the first (laughs) non-Swede. Not sure which was a bigger deal sometimes. I had so much to learn, and I had to consciously rely on God every day. Just a few months into my time there, um, the first person who died, I don't know if, if you could just imagine what it's like when you're a new pastor and there's all the different like milestones that you have, you know, and it's like, when is someone going to die? <laughs> and I'm going to have to do a funeral. Well, the first person who passed away in our congregation just so happened to be the father of the one person who had left our church when a woman was called to be the lead pastor. And when I went to comfort this man in his grief, he refused to shake my hand. (laughs) Talk about a test of character. (laughs) That was a wild experience for me. And I cried out to God. And he provided for me (laughs) with the grace and affirmation of so many faithful people in that congregation and even in that community. We didn't start a war or a battle or anything like that. We just sought to follow God through that wilderness. And we figured out how to do a funeral where the female pastor does a little bit and somebody else does a little bit too. Because you don't fight wars when you got a funeral going on. And in that wilderness, God formed humility in me. Because he reminded me that, yes, I was called and gifted for this task, but I was not the head of that church. 
And no man before me was ever the head of that church either. We submit ourselves to Christ as the head of the church. I can look back on that time and remember how the Lord led me and strengthened me and provided for me. And I think he led and strengthened our church as well. Less than two years after taking that call in Nebraska, Greg and I embarked on yet another adventure, the wild ride of becoming a parent. (laughs) Any of you have raised children, you know that it can feel like a wilderness as we try to figure out how to somehow take care for these vulnerable little people that need us. And who do we turn to, right? In fact, one of the things that Greg and I hung in our baby nursery, I've got a picture um, that just a little bit shows it. I couldn't go digging enough to find it. Um, In the corner there is a map from that trip. It's a topographical map. That's Parker standing up and Silas doing like the dog kind of thing. Um, this was a, a topographical map from that trip um, to the Uncompahgre Wilderness in Colorado. And uh, it, it was kind of symbolic for Greg and me that, you know, we had been explorers and adventurers in the great wilderness, and now we are starting this new adventure. And around the edge of that map, I wrote that blessing, that blessing that had meant so much to us and that we now wanted to speak and live for our sons. May the peace of the Lord Christ go with you, wherever he may lead you. May he guide you through the wilderness, protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. I'm so grateful that Greg and I had that time together in the the actual wilderness, represented by that map, that helped us learn how to trust each other and work together and and, and walk a a challenging road together uh, because it helped us just a teeny bit (laughs) figure out how to work together to take care of these two little people. It it was a wilderness and continues at times (laughs) to feel like a wilderness. Um, ever-changing, right? Speaking of parenting, one other point, if you're following along on your inserts, one other point that I just want to draw out from this um, scripture is that in Deuteronomy 8, this is actually one of the first places where God is depicted as a parent to his people. We think of God as Father as a very common image uh, uh, given to us, but Deuteronomy is the first place where that image is, is really found in scripture. And there's a a passage in Deuteronomy 8 where it talks about God leading you like a father. But here in verse 5, Moses says, Think about it. Just as a parent disciplines a child, the Lord your God disciplines you for your own good. Talking again about this wilderness experience. And we have to remember, when we hear that word discipline, the root there really is about learning. Um, That that God is one who is invested in our learning. and, And he... He wants to nurture and guide his children through a time that could otherwise uh, mean great harm for them, showing them what they can learn and how they can grow and how they can depend on him, proving himself to be faithful and trustworthy. The wilderness is a place where our our relationship with God deepens. It becomes more intimate. We become family with God. And we know that we can call out to him, Abba, Father said at the beginning that we are wired for wilderness. And 
someday I'll give a lecture on how I think we are actually wired to spend a little more time outdoors, that we've um, separated ourselves a little too much from the great outdoors in our modern life. Um, but we are also wired, I believe, to remember those times of wilderness that we have been through. Because it is the place where our faith is formed, where our character is strengthened, and our relationship with God deepens. The wilderness can be a hard place to be, and yet it is such an important place for us to remember. One more very short uh, wilderness story, because I've spoken more about it at other times. Two years ago this week, I entered a wilderness when I was diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer. I found a lump in my breast, and scans showed that it had already spread to my liver and my spine. And that's probably been my hardest wilderness journey in my medium-length life. (laughs) And I've had to rely on God for my life, for my healing, for my hope. But I can say that today I am in good land. (laughs) I am in a good land. Not that God ever promised me that I would be healed in my time here on earth from this disease, but I have been, and I am so grateful that I am in a good land uh, where for the last, um, over the last year, every scan that I've had has shown that my disease is under control, that you can barely even see it. And I am grateful, not just for how God has um, given me health, but for how God has led me through this wilderness how he's drawn me closer to Jesus in his suffering and his giving of himself for our sake. The second half of this passage um, uh, exhorts God's people to remember God still when you're in the good land. Actually, really more is don't forget. Beware. Do not forget God when life is good. Do not forget him when you are in that good land. It is so easy to do, isn't it? We cry out to God and call on him to help us through the tough time, and once we've recovered, once we've made it, we just pat ourselves on the back, right? We're heading into the holidays. Uh, We've got Thanksgiving in a few weeks. I want to encourage you all to um, maybe bring this passage out when you sit around your tables on Thanksgiving. Because in verse 10, uh, Moses says, When you have eaten your fill, these are people who had hungered in the wilderness, and he's saying, You're going to eat your fill. And when you do that, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land he's given you. In verses 12 and 13, he says, When you have become full and prosperous, you've gone from nothing to everything. When you have built fine homes to live in, When your flocks and herds have become very large and your silver and gold have multiplied along with everything else, when the bank account is full, be careful, Moses says. Do not become proud at that time and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. Be careful. Do not become proud. Don't think that this gift is something that you can grab onto and call your own. Finally, in verses 17 and 18, Moses says, He did all this, all this that you've been through, that wilderness, that journey. God did all this so you would never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth, 
with my own strength and energy. Remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. Friends, as you remember your wilderness, or perhaps you reflect on your prosperity and the goodness in your life today, no matter what, remember the Lord, that he provides, that he forms and shapes us, that he is our father, he is a loving parent, guiding us and nurturing us, and even when life is good, he still wants to be there walking with us. God pours out his grace in the wilderness. He gives of himself. And we look at Jesus who did not stay on the wilderness of that cross. But with his resurrection, he opened up a land of promise for us all. That we could live and and, and act and, and follow him in the kingdom of God. Heaven brought down to earth. Life with God now and always is ours. When we say yes to Jesus, whether it's in the wilderness or the land of plenty, we can receive that gift. Let's pray. God, we each take a moment just to think about the journeys that we're on, where you've had us, the promises that you've given us, how you might be leading us, shaping us, forming us. Lord, we remember you We remember your leading, we remember your guiding, and we pray that you would show us your goodness no matter what. Help us to always be grateful, God, for what you give, whether it's the hardships or the blessings. We are grateful to you. In Jesus' name, amen.